verse 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, he has one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have not, uh, we have come to know him if we obey his commandments. The man who says, I know him, but does not know him, what uh, he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, can I get it right? What did I say? First John 4. Yeah. Two. And I told y'all, John? Yeah. First John. First John. First John 2 4. 2 4. Oh, 2 4. Sorry. I'm sorry. 2 4. First John. I was in the fourth chapter, the second verse. Yeah. 2 4. 2 4. Okay. Anyway, I think I got it wrong. There. Okay. Is it not written? <laughs> <laughs> it not Thank you. Okay, so the point was. <laughs> Let's get past that part. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so if Jesus is a mover and shaker, and that makes us a mover and shaker, and Jesus is about to shake the heavens and the earth, then we have been given authority to do the same thing. Yes. That was the point. Amen. Uh, I want to point out something to you that happened to me the other day, and it was uh, Devin's award day. Uh, if many of you don't know, we moved from Louisiana to Texas, and there's a huge education gap. <laughs> so, so there's some catching there's some catching up to do for anybody who moves from uh, Louisiana schools to Texas schools, and we knew that coming in, which this was uh, a blessing to us. Um, so we we attend Evans Award Day the other day, and we get there. And of course, there's no seats, so you gotta sit. Uh, so we get to stand for two hours yeah. and watch, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, so oh, about 10, 20 minutes into it, I realized, wow, there's some really brilliant kids we're around. I mean, I don't visit Devin's school much. He goes, I send him there, he comes back, send him there, comes back. Like, okay, what's wrong with your homework? This is, this is crazy. <laughs> okay, so we're sitting in the awards ceremony. And he's maybe kid 350 by the time he gets up for his rewards. <laughs> um, the things that we had to go through through the year was him coming home and struggling. Struggling with homework, struggling with, with school. And saying, you know, I'm not smart as these kids. Or, you know, that's what it was. Uh, he's got this brilliant kid and that brilliant kid. I'm not smart as him. I can't, I can't, I can't. Which was adversity. Well, we get to the awards thing, it becomes reality to me. When uh, they stand up, oh, 80% of our kids have been commended uh, for excellent everything. <laughs> and I'm watching kids after kids, and of course it's two hours long because each kid gets, you know, up to 15 awards. <laughs> and so we got kids coming up, and every one of them is getting 10, 15 awards, of course. He got Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Smartest kid on the planet. <laughs> Genius felon B grand champion. <laughs> yeah, okay. I see it. And I could see where the, the adversity would come from. And these kids were this was amazing to see these kids. And they were wonderful. And it was it was it was a joy to see these guys um, exceed as they did in these things. And I watched as everyone came up, they got their reward. Oh, thank you, thank you. Went back down. Thank you, thank you. 350 kids later, Devin gets his shot. Like, Jesus, okay. <laughs> and so as Devin's walking up, you hear one teacher say, oh, this is going to take a while. Yeah. It's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Devin steps up, something happened. 
that was different than happened than all other 300 something children that, that I've seen. As his teacher was going to hand him the awards and call him up and call out his rewards, she couldn't help but to choke back tears because she had just realized in that moment that this person, this was going to be the last time that this person would be part of her life. And that she had seen the struggle. She had seen the adversity. And through it all, there was something there that was in him that pressed through. And it was such an encouragement to her that it made a profound influence in her life. This is the kingdom. So he steps up and he gets most improved every single category. Come on, who don't want a most improved? The most improved awards, all the paper that was given was great. But the beautiful thing, if you had eyes to see, was that profound influence that he left on someone's life. Amen? This is what we're to do. God chooses what's beautiful. Well, this reminded me of something. It was a perfect example of what we have enlisted in. We call it the higher calling. We put ourselves among people and within people and situations, circumstances that are beyond us, that are more than us, something that we have to reach for. We did this when we enlisted in the kingdom. Turn with me to Philippians 3.12. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jesus called it the better way, the higher calling. And that's what we've done when we enlisted in the kingdom, the narrow way. Remember, um, Jesus said, if I do not go, when I send you the comforter, or the counselor, or the corrector, or the teacher, we forget those terms. We always want to lay on the comforter. But we've got to remember that he sends us the corrector and the teacher as well. Devin's school year was marked by adversity. That's one more thing we want to major on tonight. He did not. He didn't walk out with the uh, Jimmy Neutron Award or anything like that. But the goal is the higher calling. It's for us to leave that profound effect on those that we encounter. Yeah. Eric said it is how we how we walk it out. Yeah. Thank you. We are good. 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 Why you have personal momentum? You ever wonder why it's so inspirational? To watch somebody who is hard-pressed on every side, but that smile's coming out. Hard-pressed on every side, but they got that inward smile, and you can tell. It's because that's the king. That's what God is trying to bring us to. We've enlisted in that. When God said, let light shine out of darkness, he was, he was 
prophesying. Got to prophesy, man. Sure. All right. All right. So he was prophesying. What would be the redeeming quality of mankind? Letting your light shine through darkness. Amen. Amen. How that? But some four hundred years later, those words became flesh, and he showed us how to do it. That's right. Y'all remember uh, Jesus in the garden? And he's praying. Before long, he's praying and he's he's shedding blood. He's crying blood. What could it have been that made the Messiah, the one that had the full measure of the Spirit, before he was even beaten, be in such agony that he would cry blood? Ever think of that? I mean, was he fully man and fully God? He was fully man and fully God? He prayed, Father, take this cup from me. The scripture says that he was in anguish, is what the NIV says. And that word is agonia in the Greek. We know it's agony. Agony means severe mental and emotional struggle. Come on, anybody know about that? Yes. Severe mental and emotional struggle. Now, I never shed tears of blood, but I know what it is to be pressed on every side to where your nerve system has a mind of its own. It does what it wants, when it wants. You can pray, you can walk in the spirit, everything, and it's going to do what it wants. Because you're hard pressed on every side. But nevertheless, you're like Clint. Self control eludes you, it's just gone. And what happens, to me at least, is I start to hear his promised word. I start to hear it ringing in my ear you're not alone, you're not alone, you're not alone. Come on, somebody's been in that situation right now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. All right. And what happens? Jesus showed us. He showed us. Eric brought it up. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going to shake it off. Nevertheless, I'm going to press on. Yes. I'm going to press through. Something God's trying to teach us. And what happens? At that moment in time, that's when your light shines out of dark, into darkness. And the darkness flees. By doing that very action, you command the darkness to flee. God bursts something supernatural in you. You believe it. You walk in it. And the darkness flees. I love it. Cassidy taught me something. She taught me what I just explained. What happens at that moment is a nuclear fusion. Amen. A star is born. Amen. Something's happening inside, and boom. Light radiates from you in the darkness, please. Amen. That's science. I was listening. <laughs> and what happens? Everybody sees how great I am. He is in you. Amen. 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 Right? There's a balance there. We don't walk defeated as sinners, but we walk as stars in Him. And the great I Am shines out of you and all around you. What happens? A collision of kingdoms. The kingdom of light has just overtook in the kingdom of darkness, which is in you. <laughs> Alright, turn with me to Hebrews 11.32 There 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 
11.32, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, <laughs> David, Samuel, and the prophets. For through faith they conquered kingdoms, administering justice and gained what was promised, who shut up the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. So if the kingdom is within you, then the battle is within you. The collision is within you. Y'all agree? Yes. yes. Uh, I love this quote, and I shared it before. Smith uh, Wigglesworth said, Great faith comes from great fights, and great testimony comes from great tests, and great triumph comes from great trials. This is, this is so true. Turn a couple pages to Hebrew 12, 18. Hebrews 12, 18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it Beg that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. Skip down to 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, but now he has promised. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Because it uh, it gives me a mental picture that God's going to shake the earth. But that he's creating in us eternal things that cannot be shaken. You ever wonder if, uh, if we are enduring that great shaking that he's talking about? He says there's a great shaking coming along. But some days you fit... You just got to feel that great shaking is going on right now. Yeah. Has God ever brought a, brought a great shaking into your kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. It's in order to awaken you to his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. To remove in us what can be shaken. Yes. So what? So when a, such a time as this comes, you cannot be shaken. That's right. You see Zeke. Uh -oh. He's going to show us something. Yeah. One of my passions growing up. You take the black one. Oh, you can get it, Zeke. Oh, no. Come on. Can't you while he's looking this way? <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite passions growing up, obviously, was boxing. Uh -oh. Now, some did a lot of uh, training in boxing. I did more of a Backyard boxing. <laughs> say, some would love something. <laughs> and what Zeke's going to show us is something that Paul pointed out called shadow boxing. Go ahead, um, there's a terminology in boxing <clears throat> for a devastating blow to the head or to the body that'll bring you to your knees. We call it, he just got shook. Right? What did you say? He just got shook. One minute into the match, you're, you're boxing, you're fighting. The next minute, you find yourself on your knees. You just got shook. I, this is something real for me because I've been there before. It takes too many times, but I was like one of those fighters that should have retired a long time ago. <laughs> Put me on my knees and said, that's close enough to the ground that I need to get. <laughs> what happens when you're on your knees after you just got shook is one... I guess we call it kingdom perspective. Where he won't pass out. <laughs> I him for a reason. <laughs> what happens is there's a collision of kingdoms. <clears throat> when you find yourself on your knee, and all of a sudden you got shook, and 
There's something that, that goes on inside of you. You can either get up, you can shake it off, you can find some courage, and you can re-enter the fight, or you can give up. If there's any fight in you, if there's any fighter in you, you're going to get up. You're going to find that courage, and you're going to get up. No matter the fear that it's going to happen again, you shake it off, and you press on. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> You choose despite fear to move on. Stepping into the ring, we're going to call it the higher calling. The better way. What you're doing is inviting Jesus to send you an opponent, an adversary. When you say, I do, and you give your hand to Jesus, you just said, bring it on. Ding, ding. That's I love it. I love working. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I don't want you to be cold when I come in. I want to tell you, when you step into the ring, when you invite adversity, when you invite adversity because you ask Jesus to be your own, when you set up a standard in your family, and you say, we're going to live like Jesus, you're a, you are inviting adversity. When you say, I'm going to walk in purity in a corrupt world, an immoral world, you are inviting adversity. Y'all agree? Yes. Yes. You're inviting pressure. You can feel it. It starts to press in on every side. When you say, I'm going to walk in holiness, a standard who is, which is higher than us, who is Jesus, you are inviting pressure and adversity. Mm -hmm. Agonizing pressure. Y'all ever feel it? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. When Jesus was uh, at his moment, the agonizing pressure was pressing in, and he said, "Nevertheless, what follows is depression." That's right. What follows is discouragement. All these things follow. I know y'all can relate. Agonizing struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens this is beautiful is these things press in everything starts to crush you but then you hear a voice in the wilderness cry somebody preaches the gospel and tells you it doesn't have to be like this Jesus came and he gave you the answer he's not a, a psychologist who gives you everything but the answer he brings the one answer that's right Amen. come on <laughs> You get fed up. I do. I get fed up. I take hold of adversity and I shake it off. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Getting hold of adversity and shaking it off. Amen. You're gonna take, you're gonna take adversity, you're gonna shake it off, turn, and say, nevertheless. And what? Move forward. That's it. And what you're doing is demanding your feelings to follow. You understand that part? Yes. 1 Corinthians 9.24. I'm going to read that and then Zeke's going to buy. 1 Corinthians what chapter? 1 Corinthians 9.24. This will make sense to you now. Come on, man. There. All right, there. 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. That word is agonized. Agonizing training. Wow. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight. Like a man beating the air. Huh. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What's he saying? What's wrong with this picture? There's no opponent. Come on, we entered into the race. <laughs> this is good. 
One of the most feared boxing styles. Oh yeah. One of the most feared boxing styles is an inside fighter. There's a fighter that'll box from the outside. He'll box you all day long and you don't want to get hit. But then there's an inside fighter. And what he does is he want to brutalize your body. Why? It's good. Here's what he wants to do. Zeke's my adversity. He's my opponent. He wants to intimidate me. He wants to impress his will upon me. And he wants to penetrate my guard until I cannot breathe. <laughs> right? Don't break my mic. <laughs> 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 intimidate me. This is why he's not smiling. <laughs> he wants to impress his will upon me. You know, he wants, he wants me on the road. <laughs> what he wants to do is get inside my guard. Why? Because if I cannot breathe, I cannot fight. That's it. He wants to hit my body. The adversary wants to hit the body. That's it. He wants to hit the body because the vital organs right. are there. And he wants to make you not be able to breathe. He wants to hit you individually. He wants to hit us as a body. And he wants to make us not breathe. So what do you do? Do you take it? Do you take it? No. <laughs> See? He's relentless. Oh. He won't give up. He won't give up until he, until he makes you not breathe. <laughs> but at some point, at some point, you got to say, that's enough. It's enough. That's enough, right? And you're not going to attack. It's not enough. vital skills are protect yourself at all times never stop breathing and always fight moving forward Amen. come on these are applicable things all close fights no matter what you do if you get to the end of the fight and neither one has been disqualified or eliminated or knocked out all close fights Go to the aggressor, the one most aggressive. Come on, this guy tell us something. Paul didn't choose this terminology for nothing. He didn't like us to a boxer for nothing. He wanted to show us something. It was pointed out, Matthew said, forceful, tenant, forceful men take the kingdom by force. Amen. This is what he's talking about. When <laughs> God has set, set you in Christ at his right hand. Come on. Tell me, Zeke, what's the strong hand? Right. It's the right cross. That's your left hand. <laughs> You've been set in a position of authority in Christ. Can you all agree with that? Yes. You've been set in a position of authority over the prince of the power of the air. And when you, adversity comes your way, 
and you shake it off and you move forward, what you just did was place the enemy under your foot. Amen. That's right. We have not been given a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. The enemy wants you to do one thing, that's become a coward. He wants you to be on your knees and not get up. He wants you not to learn how to shake it off. Jesus sent you adversaries, adversity, so that you can learn how to carry it and at some point shake it off and walk. Take hold, turn, shake them off, and keep moving forward. I'll show you on my video clip. Yeah. Yeah. You got a sound, John? Yeah. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Beyond measure. I'm going to show you how great I am.
He borders on arrogance. But he's stepping into a ring with an opponent, an adversary. And there must be an attitude in him. Something, something that rises up in him so that when he steps in that ring, everything, it's, it's over. It's done. We've got one purpose. And that's to defeat my adversary. My adversity, which is in front of me. Amen. Come on, somebody in here is taking hold of depression. Somebody in here is taking hold of something that's ripped you. And you can't move forward. That's a, it's your adversary. It's your adversity. Amen. You take hold of it and shake it off. That's it. Let me read one story to you. Now my, this was just too perfect to pass up. There's a parable told of a farmer who owned the old mule. The mule fell into the farmer's well. After carefully assessing the situation, the farmer sympathized with the mule, but decided that neither the mule nor the well was worth the trouble saving. Instead, he called his neighbors together and told them what had happened, and enlisted them to help haul dirt to bury the old mule in the well and put him out of his misery. Initially, the old mule was hysterical, but as the farmer and his neighbors continued shoveling and the dirt hit his back, a thought struck him. It suddenly dawned on him that every time a shovel load of dirt landed on his back, he should take the shake it off and step up. <laughs> this he did, blow after blow, shake it off and step up, shake it off and step up, shake it off and step up. He repeated to encourage himself. No matter how painful the blows or how distressing the situation seemed, the old mule fought panic and just kept right on shaking it off and stepping it up. It wasn't too long before the old mule, battered and exhausted, stepped triumphantly over the well. Come on, that's good. The enemy wants to tell you one thing, you're worthless. This is a lie. That's right. Lie. He wants to tell you these things. This is your adversity. You shake it off. You say, okay, you're said and done, right? God has uh, invested that power in you because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. He sent it. Amen. The potential. <laughs> Discouragement. Yep. Is this just me? Oh, okay, right. okay. We're right. chosen and we're winners. <laughs> <laughs> Discouragement is the adversity trying to bury you. But what do he say? Cowards do that. And we're not cowards. No. All right. You know, agree. <laughs> if right feelings follow right actions, then we are keep to keep moving forward and expect right feelings to follow. Good practical teaching. When you refuse to let depression take hold of you, when you refuse to let these ta things take hold of you, when instead you take hold of depression, when you, you take hold of these thoughts that are running you over, these outside circumstances that you think Jesus cannot conquer through you, when you take hold of them, you're putting the enemy under your feet. You're taking that God-given authority and asserting it over your adversary, the devil. You might be even... Um, Impressing it over something that God sent your way in order to teach you. Am I repeating myself? Okay. The re repetitivity is the best teacher? Yeah. It works for me. Somebody's got to tell me like 500 times. <laughs> he said it. When, a, when the enemy has a finger in your face, what are you going to do? Come on. You going to take it? No. I mean, at some point, you just get sick and tired of a bully. And you shake it off. Amen. And you press on and you move forward. Momentum. 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 <laughs> this is your defining moment. When you find yourself in the midst of this adversity and you get up off your knee and you gather some courage and you press through, this defines who you are. Amen. I get a lot of amens in that. <laughs> That's because 
It relates, right? Yeah. Okay, so who in here would say, I'm struggling with something? Good. Amen. Okay. But then the attitude should be, I'm not going to walk out of here today. I'm not going to walk out of here tonight without shaking it off. Amen. He said, There's a, you're here for a reason. You didn't come here to leave the same, did you? No. No. He said, but I don't know how to shake it off. Here's one. One, two, three, four, five. God has instituted a five-fold ministry for a reason. Let me do it this hand. One, two, three, four, five. It makes a fist. That's what we're here for. Right? And I'm right-handed. So let me tell you something. This is going to give a jab. Jab, jab, jab. But guess what? He's made you the right hand. You are the knockout punch. Wow. We are here to help you learn how to knock it out. Wow. We are here to help you. Amen. This is what we gather for. Yes. This is what we come together for. For encouragement and teaching and building up of the saints. So that when we step into that ring of adversity and we got somebody, something, some something, pressing us to the corner, pressing in on every side. He's intimidating us and pressing his will on us. He's penetrated our guard. We can't breathe and we're on our knees. God's given us power. Yes. And if you need a hand, guess what? He's instituted that. We're here. But this is you. Yeah. This is you. So you can give him a one, two. Amen. One, two. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Amen. Shake it off and move forward. Shake it off and move forward. I'm going to say this over and over and over. Come back. Come back. Y'all relate to that word? Yeah. You're not the first people to relate to that word. Uh man named John Bunyan was writing from jail in the 17th century where he had been imprisoned for his faith and his proclamation of the gospel. He wrote an allegory that you might be familiar with. It was Pilgrim's Progress. And one of the stories is Pilgrim was on his path to the celestial city and Apollyon, the dragon, stood in front of him. He said he stood there with his knees trembling as he looked at this fearsome awesome beast and he listened to Apollyon begin to call down insults upon him and he reminded him of everything that he had done in his life before entering into the way and then he told him and when you do serve your Lord it's with a certain vain sense of glory the writer then began to say that Pilgrim considered his armor and that he had none on his backside, or he might turn and run. All of the weapons that he had were given to him in the front. So he clenched, he turned, and he mounted his offensive attack. He said, all you have said is true, and much more you have not said. And yet the king, to whose kingdom I am called, is merciful. And he has given me these weapons, and I will use them. And then he attacked. This is our lives, saints. This is what Gethsemane was. Mike said Jesus sweat uh, as if it was drops of blood. The very word Gethsemane is Hebrew for olive press. It's where you took something designed by God and you crushed it to the point that only something pure came out of it. Jesus was being pressed at what came from him. Was it self-indulgence? No. Self-pity? No. No. He clenched, he turned, and he mounted his attack. Amen. He said, nevertheless, your will be done. Yes. It is God's will for us. This is First Thessalonians 5, 16, 5, 17, and 5, 18. That we be joyful always. Amen. That we pray continually. Be grateful in all situations. Amen. That's God's will for us. That's how you clinch, turn, and make your attack. Yes. Amen. 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 I pray you don't forget what you saw. Uh, 
Zeke broke a sweat. <laughs> Mike put a lot of effort into this, yeah. and I appreciate it. Uh, today at the altar, I was clenching, turning, and making my attack. A brother came to put his hands on me and pray with me. Thank you. Don't you ever think the leaders in this church don't need your help? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you ever think that? If you can't do it by yourself, I know what that. I grew up in a town where there were four infamous brothers. And I personally think I could take any one of the four. The problem was I always got all four. (laughs) I encourage you, if you cannot do it, Ecclesiastes 4 teaches us two are better than one. One false, his brother would pick him up. This is the purpose for fellowship. This is why you go grab your brother and say, hey, gloom and this... Brother depression or beating me to death. Help me. And we did. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand your feet. We're going to let Mike pray for us. And uh, we'll move on. No armor on the back side. I'm going to shake it off and stand on it. Stand on it. Mighty God. We just thank you, Father, uh, for your words tonight, Lord God. Father, I pray that they sink deep into our spirits, Lord God. Father, and they put a ferocity in us, Jesus. Father, that we will see uh, all your teachers that are on the left and that are on the right, and you call them adversity and you call them affliction. Father, and, uh, we open our eyes to look at them, Father. Not only that, but we uh, we uh, throw up our guard to embrace them. Because, mm. Father, we'll say right now today, Father, that we are moving shakers in your kingdom, Father, because your son came gave us an example. Father, we will say just as he did, nevertheless. Father, we would say nevertheless, and we press on, Father. Father, I just pray right now that nobody leaves this room tonight, Lord God. Father, that will not seek help uh, if they feel like they're on their knees and can't get up, Father. That's what you put us together for. Father, I pray that nobody walks out of here tonight chewing on this, knowing good and well that they're dealing with adversity, but Lord, walk out of here and not shake it off. Lord, it will crush you. Father, we thank you for your uh, life-giving power. Father, you bring life to dry bones, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.